Hello and welcome to a new episode of Behind the Scenes of Happiness. I'm your host, Christoph Spiesens. Today I'm talking with the very inspirational Lee Ali. He is the founder of marketing agency Expo Stars, which he founded in December of 2007 from his bedroom. Can you believe it? Now today, Lee and his company have managed over 3,000 projects in over 100 cities across 53 countries and built up a network of over 2,500 professional promotion stuff and they have won some major awards along the way lee first of all thank you for being my guest on today's show and second wow what a transition from bedroom setup to global organization congratulations uh, thank you christoph uh, yes it's been quite a journey from the bedroom uh, <laughs> all the way here sometimes you wonder you know, how, how did we get this far and you kind of forget all those, you know, important moments that, you know, uh, inspire you along the way. Absolutely. And we seem to live in, an, in a world, I mean, you only have to look at LinkedIn and as you're scrolling through the wall, um, so yeah. to speak, you, you see marketing agencies or any business for that matter who seem to have made it overnight. It doesn't yeah. seem to be that easy, does it? No, I mean, there are obviously great stories in there where something happens very quickly. But, you know, sometimes the universe wants to uh, make it hard for you. And sometimes that actually gives you even more pleasure to, you know, to realize that, you know, you didn't have it all your own way. You overcame the challenges and all the obstacles that come in your way. And that, sometimes it's a greater achievement than achieving overnight success mm. because you don't tend to learn the lessons and i firmly believe that it's a lot nicer you know to uh, be successful over a sustained period of time because you actually learn more yes uh, whereas if you were successful overnight you don't get to learn the same lessons and and that's proven in that a lot of overnight successes have actually are no longer here. Hmm. So on the reverse side, you also have to consider that as well. Which is kind of good to hear because many of our listeners, Lee, as you know, are people who are um, motivators themselves. They are leaders, they are entrepreneurs, they are people who are trying to build something. And it can be tempting to compare ourselves to the competition to what we see online and so it's refreshing to hear that you confirm that success great success for that matter can be achieved if you allow yourself a little bit of time and if you're open to seeing the obstacles like you said as learning experiences and i assume they sometimes take you to a better place than your than you initially imagined absolutely I think the key is uh, having all these challenges. It actually allows you to have a preemptive mindset because you've made the mistakes, uh, then you get to learn from them. But mm. most importantly, what happens is you develop a preemptive mindset to say to yourself, right, how can I avoid these things happening again? Mm -hmm. 
and what you do is you plan ahead allowing for contingencies uh, and not allow yourself to make the same mistake again and we're all human we make mistakes um, sometimes it's not intentional to make that mistake sometimes you don't actually realize uh, you're doing something that could actually lead to a mistake Mm-hmm. So, but until you actually make that mistake, you won't actually know. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. A, a few moments ago, Lee, you used the word, which I thought was very interesting, coming from yeah. a leader and of a, of a successful global company, or becoming more and more global, shall we say. Um, yeah. You used the word universe. The universe yeah. will give you this, the universe will give you that. It's refreshing yeah. because... This is not language that we or one would usually associate with a leader. So yeah. how does spirituality feature into your life and your work, Lee? Spirituality, I've been kind of fortunate enough to be exposed to it at a very early stage in my career because my father unfortunately passed away uh, when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of woke me up because Mm. you know uh, going through my teenage years uh, everything Mm. was you know put on a plate for you and uh, you go through school and you're kind of almost blind to what's the real what the real world is uh, like out there Mm. so uh, my father passing away was kind of a wake-up call Mm. and it's kind of I was kind of a teenage rebel as well. I was quite intelligent, but somewhere along the line, I took the wrong steps. Okay. <laughs> um, became kind of a rebel, and then my father died, and I didn't really have any qualifications. I actually only have uh, one four level in English. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, right, uh, my father's passed away. Uh, I'm not at university. Uh, I haven't got any qualifications. What do I do? Mm. Um, and then I kind of I came across a book uh, which talked about you know setting goals and manifesting and believing in the spiritual element in terms of mm. uh, there was a religious element to it as well. I mean uh, you always you know you've come across the phrase ask and you shall receive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that was kind of the process I went to. And I, um, for three or four years, I mean, it took a while. I didn't, you know, find myself overnight. It was a process that sure. took me, you know, three to four years in terms of learning what I wanted to do, uh, where I wanted to go. But uh, when you're young, it's very difficult to understand, you know, where you are in the world, where your place is in the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it was a quiet period. And then eventually, I think by the time I was about 22, 23, I really got into spirituality and actually believing in myself, believing in the universe in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, visualizing and mm-hmm. having the self-confidence to, you know, face the world. Mm-hmm. So that became a solid foundation then for you to build the... Yeah. next chapter yeah. of your life on because you, you you met your partner you started a family a business so it sounded like a, a solid foundation yeah so in the early years it was um and again i don't think i came into myself i don't think i really found myself until the age of about 35 i would say 
mm. um, from a career perspective and also on a personal perspective as well because I worked for employers, I was successful and then uh, I kind of had some failures and uh, looking back I realised now it was the universe's way of saying uh, you've had a great experience but this is not for you anymore, you're destined to mm -hmm. go on to better things. So I didn't, uh, I don't see them as failures now. Mm -hmm. uh, the way I see it is learning experiences. So uh, everything that I've actually learned, for example, my first ever job was um, uh, as an account assistant, which is coming in very usefully, uh, very useful now <laughs> as an MD. <laughs> uh, my second job was some timeshare which was amazing because that taught me the philosophy of selling in terms of um, building relationships and not actually, you know, selling a, uh, as a transaction. Mm. Okay. Uh, and that was very important training for me because I've kept that selling philosophy all throughout, throughout my life. And we use that today in our own company uh, where we don't even actually have a sales force. Uh, mm -hmm. What we try to do is build long-term relationships with clients and, and technology. Um, back in the mid-90s, um, I was, you know, proud to be one of the first people to sell cable TV and uh, telephony. Wow. Um, and everything that we were selling now is what people have in their living rooms right now. It's like the mm. door on demand and mm -hmm. being able to pause live TV. We were selling that back in the 90s. So technology, uh, communication uh, has always been at the forefront of where I've been and all of that um, in the past 25 years has actually taught me a lot which now I'm actually applying into my own business so mm -hmm. and sometimes you know when people um, I see a lot of people who have you know failed at something or they get fired or they get made uh, redundant and for them it's the end of the world and for me I always use it as an opportunity um, <laughs> to say right this has been a great experience how can I use this experience to better myself and mm. to make my next uh, experience even better mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, that for me is fundamental I mean if I by mentoring someone the, the best piece of advice I can give them is to so right, what can you take from this experience mm -hmm. uh, and focus on the positives mm -hmm. and then take that into your next, um, your next adventure? Does that mean that people are not allowed to um, hurt for a, for a while or to be upset for a while or is there, is there room for that? There is room for that uh, because you always need to self-reflect. Uh, self Mm -hmm. um, you obviously need to look at what you could have done better. And I think it's the language that you use in that self-reflection. Right. I think that's very, very important. Because mm -hmm. um, if you start using negative language, uh, things like, oh, I'm useless, uh, this is never, uh, I'm not good enough, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not this, I'm not that. If you use that kind of language, then that's pretty harmful. Yes. But if you use questions, if you ask empowering questions like, what could I have done better? Mm. Uh, what, what is good about the situation? Or what could be good about the situation? And then these actually empower you a lot more 
rather than making negative, self-defeating comments. Mm. I'm, as I'm listening to you, Lee, uh, my mind is cast back to the time the, the Belgian national airline, Sabina, um, went under yeah. after the events of 9-11. And there was yeah. maybe seven to 10,000 people um, who were you know, out of a job. And I was obviously one yeah. of them. And yeah. um, rather than, I mean, it did hurt. Um, it is upsetting. It is life-changing. But rather than dwelling on it, so to speak, I started looking for new jobs. And, and that's how I came to the UK. And yeah. I have a completely different life since. Um, yeah. I've been here for, what, 18, 19 years now. So, yes, I completely, I'm in total agreement with you. Th th things happen and they are painful at times, but merely redirect us to a better path very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. absolutely. Uh, so when I use the word universe, it's without saying to woo-woo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fine. You would it? use Christoph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite word uh, yeah the, the important thing to remember is that the universe has your back um i know there's um that phrase is can be quite overused but you are in control okay and whatever you want to manifest um the universe can actually make it happen for you but the key thing is to understand how the universe works and mm -hmm. To take um, uh, to take advantage of that, not to, well, probably I think not take advantage of it, but to you know go with the flow, yes. and knowing uh, with the belief that you know there is something better out there for you. Mm -hmm. Lee, I also know that, and maybe um, by way of background for our listeners, we connected when you invited me to speak at one of your master classes. And I yeah. spoke on the topic of mindfulness, incorporating mindfulness in the way you connect with people and engage with them um, for quality rapport. And I know yeah. that what you do with your team is you help um, exhibitors to proactively engage more attendees at trade shows and so forth to achieve yeah. me measurable success. So it's all about yeah. connection, mindfulness, sorry, mindful connecting with people. So tell us a little bit more about how, how mindfulness features in your world, both personal and professional. Sure. I think mindfulness for me means being in the moment. When you meet people, you only have, 30 seconds to make a first impression. Wow. Okay. So if you are not present and you're, you know, like I would say, away with the fairies, uh -huh. uh, especially in a trade show environment, you have a lot of people in a room uh, uh, over three days. There's a lot of companies exhibiting who are all trying to capture the same audience. Mm. Okay. So you need to be present for those three days and you need to obviously understand the importance of connecting with that person because you only have two to three minutes to grab that attention, uh, break the ice, connect with them in a way, in a meaningful way, and then use that first two to three minutes to build a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So. 
the issue that we have that we've always had with exhibitions is that the mentality is that build it and they will come mm -hmm. so companies take the idea that they have a massive booth you know even if you have a, a three by three booth okay there'll be a lot of people in the room and they will just you know walk up to the stand and say uh yeah tell me about your product and services i'm interested in mm -hmm. this uh, uh but it doesn't really work like that because uh, yes, you will get people who are naturally curious and they will come up to the booth and ask you, uh, so tell me what you do. But if you don't know uh, who your target audience is, if you don't know what your objectives are, and if you don't know how you can actually help your target audience, then you're not going to uh, achieve uh, that success, so you're going to waste a lot of the uh, investment that you've actually made into that exhibition. Sure. Okay? So, I mean, this was the whole concept that um, led me to actually starting uh, the company in the first place because um, you've probably read my story, Christoph. Uh, I was in Chicago uh, with a software company. We were actually exhibiting, we had a very small booth mm -hmm. at the back of the room. And we were hardly getting any traffic. So I decided to use my time wisely and I walked around and started networking with people. And one of the booths had a fantastic engagement strategy in that every person that was walking past the booth, one of the booth staff, you know, proactively stepped out and said, you know, what brings you to the show today? So mm -hmm. then started questions started asking questions about you know my current situation with CRM software and all of this. So within two minutes, uh, they knew who I was, what I was doing at the show, mm -hmm. and what my challenges were. So having been in sales and marketing for a long time and actually having had a look around uh, the other booths, um, this was the only booth that actually approached me proactively. Yeah. And even we as an exhibitor weren't actually doing this. We were just waiting for people to sure. come mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to us. So um, I just told myself, what a fantastic mm. way to engage people. Everybody uh, wants to talk to someone. They're all here to learn something or to pick up something new. So why are all these companies just waiting for people to come to them? Uh, whereas, you know, they should be shouting you know, on top of the rooftop about how fantastic <laughs> their company is and actually trying to engage with everyone that is in the room because uh, everybody in the room is in the business. Mm -hmm. So that's where the mindfulness actually starts, is to actually try to understand, right, we're going to this exhibition, uh, how are we actually going to get in front of our target audience and what are we actually going to say to them? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know what your objectives are, how are you going to get there? It's like the old adage, uh, if you go to a ticket counter and say, uh, give me a ticket, and you don't tell them where you want to go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to get there. Mm. So that's the first thing. And then mindfulness also is in the conversation. Okay. <laughs> so how many times uh, have you gone to an exhibition and uh, you've approached a booth and the team there are either chit-chatting to themselves or they've got their back turned and they're working on their laptop yeah. uh, or they're actually on the mobile phone, mm -hmm. you know, doing, taking care of business at the office. 
So, and again, this is where mindful comes in. If you're at an exhibition, you're there to do business. So uh, just be present and just take up the business at hand. And that is your key tasks are obviously to engage with uh, new prospects um, and take care of the business that is right in front of you. Then on a third level is when you're actually talking to people and this I find really frustrating. What is one of my key bugbears in the industry and that is when you're actually talking to people at an exhibition or mm-hmm. you're talking to one of the booth reps, they're actually busy looking at other, pe- other people's badges in terms of who's walking past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Yeah, so it's like... So I'm now trying to make conversation as a, an attendee, for example, uh, and I want to learn more about the company, mm-hmm. but this booth rep is actually not paying attention to me, but rather busy on looking who's actually walking past. And how does that make you feel? Awful, right? Um, yeah, absolutely awful, because at the end of the day, I'm giving my attention, I've given up my time to actually exactly. walk up to this booth, oh. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn about that products and services, and it's it's not professional to you know start looking uh, at other people's badges, and that's what I mean by, by about being present. Mm-hmm. When you're actually talking to people, you have to um, pay attention. You have to listen. I might say one thing that makes a whole difference in terms of taking that conversation to a whole other level. Absolutely. Um, I love your practical application of mindfulness in a business situation, um, especially the being present, which is very yeah. difficult for people in this day and age because we are so busy. Information is coming at us from all angles. So your key tips would be paying attention and to listen. Is there anything Absolutely. else that you want to add to being present? I think asking the right questions and actually right. understanding your target audience, I think doing your homework mm. in terms of how you can actually help your target audience to solve their problems. Yeah. Uh, in my presentations, I always say there are only five things, five reasons why anybody buys anything. And you know, once you actually understand why people buy from you, mm-hmm. uh, then you can ask the right questions. Uh, which can lead you to find clues uh-huh. which you then can use to uh, close the sale or build the relationship further. Beautiful. Lee, if people want to learn more about your mindfulness tips and other ways of proactively engaging with their attendees at their next trade show, how can they get in touch with you and with Expo Stars? Sure. Uh, the first for a call is always the website, I would say, www.expostars.com. Uh, the other way is uh, by email. They can get in touch directly with me, lee at expostars.com. And then, of course, the social media, if they search Expostars sure. uh, on Google, they'll get all our social media available. So we're on, uh, we're everywhere, actually. Yeah, you are. <laughs> as you have to be these days. <laughs> What I liked about the conversation, Lee, is that you have very honestly shared your 
journey from bedroom startup to successful company that Expo Stars is today, the role that practical spirituality features in the success of the continuous um, growth of your company and how mindfulness helps not only you and your team, but how it helps your company to help other companies be more mindful with their prospective customers. And I think it's, it's really, you walk the talk and I think that's very inspirational. So thank you for doing that. Uh, thank you for having me, Christoph. Any final words of wisdom you would like to share with our listeners, Lee? Uh, yeah, I think always uh, one of the key things is to know, know your target audience, like I said before. Uh, number two, have a preemptive mindset. Okay, look at how you can avoid issues before they happen. And number three, always remember that the universe has your back and everything happens for a positive reason. Beautiful. Lee, on behalf of the listeners and myself, thank you very much for being a great guest and we wish you all the best for Expo Stars in the future. Likewise, Christoph. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. For more podcast episodes and recorded spiritual talks on mindfulness and more, please visit my website christophspeasons.com where you can also find the links to all my social media channels and it would be really great if we could connect on there as well. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Bye for now.